Now, my guest is a writer and director who decided to enter the RTE Radio 1's Francis McManus short story competition. Little did he know that his creative pursuit would lead to possible, fingers crossed, Oscar glory when he turned the short story into a film. He joins me now, Lachlan McKenna. You're very welcome to the programme. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for having me. Good to see you. So uh, I've had the privilege of being sent a preview of your short film. And I I mean, I, I... Found you on Instagram last night and said, fair play, I feel good. It's absolutely brilliant. It's called Two for the Road. And it, let's just get this out of the way because it's very exciting and just enjoy it anyway. <laughs> it's been long listed for an Oscar nomination. So explain that, what that means to people. Yeah, of course, because it's all a bit, bit strange and surreal. So the way it works is there are 92, I think, Oscar qualifying festivals in the world. And thankfully Ireland has three of them. And if you win any of those, then you are uh, longest for an Oscar. So there's also, like there's a backdoor system where people can go and I think, you know, pay to have their film screened in LA. Actually, that's a really good. So if there's three film festivals, if you enter in the film festival here, there's three that automatically, if you win yeah, that Cork, film festival. Cork, Galway and Foyle. So if you win any of those as a short filmmaker, then your film is long listed. Yeah. Okay. So, we so were, which one did you win? Galway. So we were fortunate. The premiere um, was in Galway and we won that. And then from there, um, yeah, you're, you're automatically long listed. So the system then works that all the Academy voters are able to vote from today till Monday. And we find out on Thursday if we're shortlisted. So it goes down to 15. Oh my God. So there's 100. I know. Really close. <laughs> the, timing is, the timing is incredible. So yeah, we there's 187 films, I think, altogether. And it's shortlisted down to 15 on thir- or, yeah, next Thursday. And then from there, there's a whole other process where they make the nominees. I'm really superstitious. And I, I, I am very superstitious. I don't, want, I don't want to jinx anything. But I really have a good feeling about this. It's, it's a really, really, really good movie. I, I really loved it. Um, uh, yeah, so it's important. You have it up on YouTube. You're, so there's a you've big competition. You want to get these people to see it, right? Well, this is the thing. Yeah, I think the most important thing is trying to get like Academy voters eyes on it. You know, I mean, it's so hard to say. It's all just such like conjecture and pie in the sky in one sense because I, I would like to think that the film is good enough. That it feels like a dark science. Yeah, it? <laughs> like based on, based on the quality of the film, you would kind of hope that it might get through. But, you know, um, there's so much more politics behind it than that. And really, I suppose our, our biggest hope and aim is that people watch it, connect with it and... You know, from there, that's kind of all we can do, really, you know. Before we dive into the story, because I think that's your winning for. Obviously, it's beautifully made as well, but um, and brilliant performances. But the the story at the centre of it, I think a lot of people will relate to it. But uh, it was originally called Guinness and Coke and it was a short, you entered it in the Francis McManus short story competition. So... What's what? Explain that. Yeah, it's funny. It's like it, it feels quite cyclical to be back in here again. You know, because Does it? yeah, because I, I've I've you know when I first stuck in for the yeah, so I was supposed to start from the beginning. Um, it was the pandemic. You know, I'd always been good at writing, but never ever really gave myself the space to write. Um, and I was back home in Cork with my family, and you know, I was just able to to just start time. Jot- yeah, I had time to just start jotting down kind of things and memories. And this story kind of just came out, and then I think I saw an ad for the Francis McManus Show Story Competition, and I was like, oh, that's perfect, and it kind of gave me a goal as well. 2,000 words and I was like okay I need to write the story you know truncate one of these stories and put it into 2,000 words and um, yeah that just came out it was a story I used to kind of um, tell friends in the pub and stuff and I suppose the, the biggest thing about that was that I had the space to redraft you know it's one thing to write but to also be able to redraft and redraft and redraft stuck it in thought nothing of it and then got a call from RT one day and I was like, what on earth are RT ringing me about? <laughs> totally forgotten that I even stuck I it in. I say that to myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, they were like, look, it's been nominated and um, Aina Hardwick went on and did this, this gorgeous reading of it and I suppose that, and then um, someone for the Department of Education got in touch and asked, could they put on the junior search curriculum as a comprehension? Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, which was, which was wild. So I, that was kind of the building blocks, I guess, for us to get the funding from, from Screen Ireland, you know? So uh, yeah, it, it was, it's, it's a funny place for us to start, but it kind of, 
Yeah, it's made sense. It's been how, nice. Like, how, did, how did that feel? Like, as, as you're going, as it's, it's just, it's very organic as well, what's happening here, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's one thing to write the story, but when I first heard the reading of it, when I heard it on the radio, on, on RT radio, um, I just moved to London, I think a couple of days beforehand. I was sitting in this new apartment on my own and I was just bawling. I was like, it was oh, so amazing. surreal because <laughs> I was hearing someone playing me, you know, and not just someone, but Ain't It, it such a lovely reading of it. I was like, oh my God, this is so strange to hear words that I'd written from my own recollection, you know. So um, then you decide to turn that winning story which has won an, an award or, or won, won a competition into a short film how do you how, how do you jump into that I suppose you know like I was a filmmaker anyway so it kind of made sense it wasn't something that I had I had um, intended on doing but then you know funding um, so the Focus Shorts funding was coming up and I just thought it made sense so Screen sort of, Ireland Focus yeah so Screen Ireland's kind of primary um, premier sort of uh, short film fund is called Focus Shorts um, it's a 60 grand fund and it just made sense you know I kind of felt like the right uh, time in my career and whatnot so developed into into a script and it's funny because I think if I'd done it any earlier or tried to do it earlier I probably wouldn't have you really? know had the now so the skill to do it yeah I don't think so um, or the maturity maybe as well to approach it properly okay so yeah the timing just worked out well in that sense as well you know just kind of coming out of the pandemic and you know felt sort of fresh and when did you shoot it sorry we shot in March of okay. this year oh really yeah shot in March and Finish it in June. Was in Galway in July. Okay, and now we're here. <laughs> Congratulations! It's Thank brilliant. You. It really is. Um, so you you studied theatre and film? Did you? I did. Uh, no, I did drama and theatre studies in UCC with English. Okay. So the film thing kind of I just sort of fell in arseways into the film industry. Really, okay. just kind of trying to be do anything, get on set, and really, yeah, just sort of like you know, production assistant or assistant directing, casting. I used to work in Ali Coffees for a bit. Um, just anything to kind of make a few bob, and just loved loved sort of the industry in general. Um, so while this baby has come to life now and is on the long list and like just bathe in all of this, right? Do you feel pressure now for your difficult second album? Are you working on something else? Not really, I don't think. Because, Good. you know, I think, you know, I always use the same example, but, you know, you often read director bios and they're like, oh, you know, Johnny started off filmmaking by shooting skate videos on his dad's Bolex and stuff, you know? <laughs> and it's like, I, I didn't have that at all. So, you know, I, I knew nothing. Even the first couple of years I was directing, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know which side of the lens was up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of my, like, directors of photographies and stuff been nodding there. <laughs> Listen to that. But I, I honestly didn't have a clue. And I think that... um you know, just kind of finding finding my feet and one step in front of the other. And there's no kind of, there's never been a big expectation to do, you know, I've never had like, I don't know, ideas of grandeur or, or okay. dreams of the Oscars or any of this sort of stuff. So it's it's made it kind of a bit easier in that sense. So the film, let's talk about it. Um, uh, it's based on your childhood memories. Yeah. Safe to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. I, like the word I keep using is a memoir, you know. It's, yeah. It's funny because I think you know, with childhood it's, it's you can like, I, I suppose all the memories are true to, to me as I remember them, you know, but obviously some things are taken from particular weekends and some things are taken from photographs and some things are taken from conversations with family, you know, and it's all kind of pulled together to create. So I'm going to let you describe it to viewers what they can expect. Yeah, it's eight, 18 minutes long. I kind of loathe this part cause it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll because it's... Yeah. I'm filling the gap, no, Because I think, you know, the funny thing about the film, you know, you've seen it. You're so sweet. Come on, <laughs> this is your moment. Go you've for seen, glory. You've seen it, but I suppose the film on the surface doesn't sound like it's about much because it's about a father and son who spend the weekend together um, and they they go on an adventure to an island and they end up at a local pub. And that's kind of the crux of it. Um, I think what, what it's really about, though, is about the, the malleability of children and about the, um, just about the, the, the give and get of relationships when, between father and son and um, that sort of um, tug of war that you have as a parent and a child and the love that you have for each other and um, that parents do make mistakes and um, that, you know, sometimes just because your parent loves you that maybe isn't, you know, the best outcome, you know, that, that that's much more complex than that and that 
um, yeah, children are very susceptible to um, uh, to accept the love of their parents and kind of go along with whatever the they parent do. kind of says is right, you know. So it's basically the the boy, young guy, young boy Oscar, uh, who's uh, loosely based on your childhood, is about nine, ten. Yeah, I mean it's more than loose. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah, be fair, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, like the, the devil's in the detail. We just try and make it as accurate as possible. Okay. Um, and he's yeah, so it's 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 based off a very specific weekend, you know. And um, yeah, he's ten. Uh, Ewan Morris, who plays me, is who's amazing, incredible. He's unbelievable. Superstar. <laughs> he, is, he is absolutely amazing. Um, but he's thirteen, so you know we cast him a little bit older. He was perfect in every sense. In this, I wanted someone who's a little bit older, a little bit more mature, looked younger. Yeah. Um, had a neutral accent was really important to me because I really didn't want anyone to be able to um, say where he's from yeah, yeah well yeah. no I hate that I hate watching a film be like oh they're mayo because there's a thick mayo accent there or whatever so you know very important to me that it all feels generic like so it could be anywhere in Ireland and they could be from anywhere in Ireland and um, yeah he's he's just insane he's he's like I miss him actually I love being on set with him he's such he'd never been an actor before on screen never done an audition in person before he has a a, a quality of a very unique quality on, on screen as well and then of course Steve Wall plays your dad yeah. plays that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An amazing guy. And you know what, they work so well as a team as well and Steve was so sweet and, you know, really nurtured him and I think that was important too. We came up to Dublin and did like a rehearsal day um, where we had, you know, we played pool and just basically explained how a film set worked because he had no idea. <laughs> His mum came up as well, Marie, and, you know, they're just such lovely people and we, we had such a nice time just kind of working it all through together and working through, I suppose, the... Um, I suppose a bit like intimacy coordination too, you know, working through the physical actions too, because obviously with father and son, you know, there has to be a closeness and making sure they were comfortable. Like there's a scene where Steve carries you in and making sure that was all okay and, and whatnot. And um, yeah, they just, they just clicked. And so I suppose a bit we're leaving out here is uh, uh, the parents are separated. Mm-hmm. And so your character. So basically as a child, you would spend weekends with your dad and you would go on adventures. Yeah. So I, I had a very kind of um, stable and happy um, weekday life with my mum and, you know, reading Harry Potter and The Hobbit and going to school and friends and sports and all that. And uh, my dad would come and collect me on the weekends and, you know, he would just pull out the map and be like, where do you want to go? And we'd just put the finger on the map and just drive to somewhere random in Ireland and could be Leitrim, could be... West Cork could be Dublin, could be anywhere, you know. And um, so they were like mini adventures. Oh, big time! Oh, very much so. Like we, I was in every county in Ireland before I was ten. <laughs> really? Yeah. And um, That's you know, the, the the weekends are very active as well. There's a lot of like, you know, uh, he'd get a metal metal detector and we would go looking for like ancient coins or like we'd go breaking rocks looking for fossils or searching for spider crabs or like, um, you know. We drive. Uh, if there was ever a thunderstorm, we drive towards it. You know this sort of stuff. It was very like, um, yeah. It was it was eccentric, but you know, very very exciting as a kid. It was amazing, like yeah. a lot of fun. And you know, within that, there was a lot of um, you know. Sometimes we drive through the night, and sometimes we'd camp, and sometimes we'd stay in hostels, and sometimes hotels, and sometimes B and Bs, and it just depended on where we ended up and how far we travelled, and um, that was all the kind of fun of it too. But uh, yeah, quite quite um, a big kind of dichotomy, I guess, between the two. And in the, there's a scene where the two characters sleep in the car. Did that ever happen? That happened, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, if you were driving through the night and stuff and, you know, you depend where you'd end up or where you were going. And, um, the, you know, there was a funny instant I remember once before where we were driving late at night. And I remember my dad woke me up and he was just like, um, Lucky, Lucky, get up, get up. Something to show you. And I was like groggy and didn't know where we were or what we were. And I remember stepping out of the car with one of his jackets on me and I was freezing and... He, he had a head torch in his head and a torch in his hand. And we are just kind of walking through this field and we, we stooped underneath this like fence and I was like, what is going on? It was only like eight or something at the time. And then we came up to this lake and there was, um, 
uh, there was like all this like ebbing kind of um, uh, fluor- fluorescent and stuff. And I turned to him and I was like, what is it? And he was like, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no way. amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like making a lot of fun adventure. Now, I don't know, maybe he, he believed that too. <laughs> but you know, there was a lot of lot of fun adventure in that. And it wasn't yeah. obviously till years later, I was like, oh, it was just like bioluminescence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever, you know, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of the joy of it, I think. Which is also can be frightening as well. There's for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, and I, I, I don't want to dive into it. I don't want to skim over it. That like we're we're describing a sort of a, a brilliant guy, you know, who's who's doing the best he can, and the marriage is is broken up, and he he collects his, he spends every weekend with his son. But there's elements of danger involved as well, and I think that's really what I relate to as well. And I understand, and lots of people will as well. So there's elements that you drive home very gently that, you know, sometimes you've got to be careful with young brains, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, there's no point skimming over the fact that it's, you know, we often went to the pub, you know, and I think what I've noticed with people who've really connected with the film is that, you know, pub culture in Ireland um, is, is rife and it always has been and it especially was in the 90s. There was a lot of, you know, um, kids that were just dropped off the pub or left in the pub and there's only so much pool you can play and so much, you know, darts you can throw at Mr. Tato and so <laughs> rings many, you can throw and so, many so much coke you can, you can drink and yeah, stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, Jesus, I actually, I kind of feel like I'm maybe a music fanatic because of the amount of time I spent in the jukebox, <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, of course, that they're, they're, you know, alcohol and caring for kids don't go together. And, um, you know, I just, I had some ropey moments. The film kind of highlights one of those. Um, and, yeah, they're scary. But I think that the, the thing, the sort of overarching thing for me in terms of the filmmaking and also personally is that, um, I never felt frightened like sorry that's not true of course in moments like that I did feel frightened but generally I always felt safe with him because he was my dad you know so in the end of the day you're with dad you capture that absolutely brilliantly and that was yeah thank you so much because that's so important because like, I never wanted to vilify him it's yeah. like he's got his own demons and he's got his own troubles but he's not a bad person in the not end at of the all day, not you know? at all and it's important that he's trying to he's trying to be there and trying to trying to do his best and I think it's only with an adult gaze when you look back on it you know there's a scene where Oscar is asleep in the pub and yeah. he's drinking at the bar and I remember that. Mm. I remember falling asleep in a pub, you know. Yeah. And I'm not making light of it because no, now, now we're talking about it. We're like, yeah. actually, that's probably not great. No, no, no. And, you know, I've spoken to so many people who've had the same experience. That's yeah. the crazy thing about it. Like, it's such a, I mean, honestly, a life highlight really was was when we screened in Galway. We were the 10th film at 10 um, in the programme. And I thought I was chill. I was like, it's all good. I've seen it so many times. So you and, edited it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a hundred times this stage. And um, there was maybe 70 people there, I think, between friends and family and whatnot. And, you know, my granny and my siblings and all this oh, sort of stuff. Everybody and everyone there. was there. And I was like, this will be grand. And the first frame came on and I was like, get it off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like hyperventilating and crying. And I was like, I couldn't, wow. couldn't cope. But, uh, you know, and then the lights came up, obviously, because it was the last film. And everyone turned around to be like, congratulations. And I was like, <gasps> but anyway, I left the cinema and the amount of people that came up to me and they were in tears as well. And they were just like, that's my childhood. Like, you've, you've, yeah. you've betrayed my childhood. And, you know, just really affected by people I didn't know. And I suppose that was the... That was, I was like, oh my God, like you, it's so rare as a filmmaker that you get to experience that. It's like theatre in one sense, I suppose, to actually get the reaction like firsthand from people, um, you know, was 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 magic. You know, I was like, oh my God, I have to keep doing this as a job. <laughs> yeah. I can do that, you know, it was, yeah. it was amazing. So telling that story is is challenging, was challenging. Uh, and the, the cheesy word cathartic, is it? No, was, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think cathartic is, 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 is everything. Yeah, it was very, very cathartic. Did it, did it bring up too much at any point? Like, are you, I mean, obviously you're delighted you've done it now, but was it hard? Um, mixed, I'd say, yeah. It's funny, like, I think um, with all things like this, you kind of wear two hats, I suppose, you know? Yeah, like, during the, during the filmmaking process, there was a bit of, like, you know, uh, kind of forgetting it was about me at all, you know? Very much just focused on the filmmaking. Um, I remember at one stage, my production designer, Kira Donovan, um, dressed the car 
um, that, that we travel in. And she was like, oh, you just um, sit into the car and have a look at it. And I sat into the car and I was like, oh my God. I was like, being, like literally stepping into a portal. I was just like instantly taken back. And yeah. then suddenly the hat falls off and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was hard. I mean, the other thing as well is, you know, um, you know the term swallowing the frog. Swallowing the frog. No, to, I read that, but I don't yeah, know. I is, don't. is to do the the first, the hardest task first. Okay. So that should have been probably the casting, but I left the casting for ages because I was just like, couldn't. Just casting yourself. Couldn't as a wrap child. my head around no, casting I, myself I and my dad and stuff, you know. Um, but we. Was that hard? Yeah. It yeah. was hard, yeah. I mean, it, it, once we did it, it wasn't, of course. It's one of those things if we just did it. And, you know, I never really cared about the, like, the likeness or you know, the looks or anything, you know, there was an amazing ginger kid we we looked at at one stage and I thought he was brilliant and if he'd been cast then we would have got a redhead dad, you know, and that would have yeah, been fine. Yeah. Um, just so happens you and does look a bit like me. Yeah, <laughs> look, yeah. Makes me look like a narcissist. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, like, yeah, in terms of just getting, get the most important thing was getting you in and getting the right young actor and then getting the father off that, you know. And your mum uh, is only, is, plays a tiny role at the end of this in a very stable way because yeah. you end up, you come, you know, we see you in your bedroom which is gorgeous and safe and she goes, how was, how was the weekend? And you kind of, you don't, you don't tell her, you don't lie but you, you yeah. say great but you can see, you know, she, she, she didn't know what was going on. And that's very true to life I think because, you know, my father did swear me to secrecy. There was a lot of just like, don't tell your mother and like, oh, we have such fun, don't we? And, um, you know, I think with that, it's, it's, it, 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 that was a bit challenging, I guess, because, I, you know, if I'd had more time, I probably would have focused more on, on the good. And um, I, th- I mean, from a storytelling perspective, you know, and focus more on the positives of being at home and mom. And I think that would have made it even sadder, but it's a short film at the end of the day. So, you know, I think to distract from them and to move it into the home world and mom would have, would have, you know, it's just a whole other story, you know. Now it's it's a story, and it's it's a it's effectively it's a, it's a short film, it's a movie. But like you, you've described people's reactions to it, when people, I mean, I I really did love it. it. It really moved me, and I really would love people to see it. And it is up on it Thank is you, up on yeah. YouTube now. So we hope lots of Academy, Academy <laughs> yeah. members will see it. Emma Stone still tuned in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, make sure you Google uh, Two for the Road. But tell me this: um, what would you like people to take away from it? And that's a big, broad social question. No, of I know. course, yeah. I think you know we've kind of touched on it already but I think that what's been really interesting about it is the variance between people's reaction where people have been quite angry I suppose mm. um, about the fact that Oscar's in this situation and then what I've also you know maybe the more fascinating side of that is chatting to older parents who maybe have fractured relationships with their kids and the sort of guilt that they feel or the you know the sadness and sorrow you know uh, there's so many kind of relationships um, between fathers and sons and daughters yeah. and mothers or daughters and fathers and whatnot where where you know we all don't all, we don't live in a nuclear world nuclear families and I think that's why people are connecting with, with it so much and I yeah. think that really you know it's ultimately the, the, a story about forgiveness I think oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's I, gorgeous and I think that's why it's maybe frustrating for people in some senses because they're like, don't forgive him. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just like, yeah, he's, you yeah. know, um, and that's interesting because like I haven't heard that yet, you know, so that's a really nice takeaway. Uh, Brendan, a, a text comes in now. I'm sorry I missed that beautiful man's name. He's so humble, such a great quality <laughs> in a person, very special. He'll do very well. Thank you, Anne. His name is Lachlan McKenna and the short How's film, sweet. which is long listed and we'll be watching with, we won't, no pressure, but we'll, we'll just be observing, <laughs> is called Two for the Road and you can sneak over to YouTube and have a little look at it if you want. The very best of luck we'll be watching with uh, loads of fingers crossed and um, pleasure to meet you thank, thank you so you much, so much. thanks so much Brendan cheers let's, let's take a break